It's episode 36. I'm Kate. I'm Tammy, and this is Knit Together. And today, we are talking about the C word. The C word. The very big, scary C word. Scary for me, word. anyway. So, But before we go into that, I think that we'd like to do some catching up again, which is our favorite time to sit and talk. Because uh, it's really the only up. time Kate and I get to talk to each other anymore. And you guys know that the podcast um, isn't coming out that often lately, so we really haven't talked to each other. We just get to talk like in passing, it seems, and emails, because, you know, before when I had a job, it's kind of ironic that I had more free time to to reply to those emails, but now I'm just not at my desk, and I, you know, can't finish yeah, the Yeah, always talk. on the computer. Yeah, so anyway... Um, so, tell me, what are you working on these days, and what do you have, you know, coming up? Is there anything, like, really cool that you just can't wait to start knitting? Um, oh gosh, I don't, I don't even know. <laughs> um, I, I'm still, like, stuck on, I got, I got sucked into these knit-alongs. Uh-huh. And I've, I've never been a knit-along person, you know, it's yeah. like, even if I want to do the project or, you know, the pattern that everyone's doing, I'm thinking I want to do other stuff first and I'll get around to it, which is why I didn't knit a clap of tea until like, you know, <laughs> three years after it came out. Mm -hmm. um, but anyway, so I, I kind of got sucked into um, the, the tempted and um, 3 a.m. knit along for it's the basic rules are if it has cables, it covers your chest. So uh -huh. an adult size sweater. Okay. So that's that's my cardigan for Arwen. Okay. This pattern is kicking my tail. Really? I know you've had you mentioned in the last podcast some of the problems that you were having with it and that you know, you had um frogged it and had to do some things and you realized that you weren't doing reversible cables, but is there something else now, a new thing? It's just it's one of those patterns that just sucks all the joy out oh, of your life. Bummer. <laughs> I know. I finally finished. Um, let's see. We went to Dallas. Well, we didn't. I went to Dallas mm -hmm. when Robert had a boys' weekend over Columbus Day weekend, mm -hmm. uh, which was like the second week in October. And since he was going to be gone, and my sister and brother-in-law were going to Dallas to see my nephew and his family, I thought, well, I'll tag along with them, you know. So. Um, I took it with me, and I actually got some good knitting done in the car. So I finished the left front, like all the way through the hood. So I've got two pieces fully done, and I've started the right front. So I'm right now I'm on the part where, it, again, it's like you knit, you do all this knitting, and then it just sucks the joy out of you because that's the hem. Mm, I <laughs> so see. So then you have to fold it up and like you know, and and I'm not seaming it, so I'm like knitting them to get like almost like a three needle bind off only. Right. Really, just two needles, you know. Yeah. Um. So that's that's about where I'm at, and then I've I've got to do. I don't think it'll be too bad to get the front part of it done if I can just um, make myself find the time and do it, and then I'm going to hit the black hole of the whole sleeve uh -huh. you know because the hard part with that is you're you're doing the cable on the band knitting like you know a thousand stitches okay maybe not quite that many <laughs> and then you're doing the cable on the cuff and the way it falls you're never on the same row of the cable chart yeah you know so you're having to keep track of all that and it just it just takes forever. And then you finally get to the point where you can do the hood. I think if I can get to that point, I'm going to be like, I'm so close to being done. I can just power breeze, through it. Yeah, breeze through that. 
but you know, right now it's like I don't even want to look at it. But I've I've got I want it done this month. I'm not sure that's going to happen because does your knit along have a due date on it or it's it's, it's November thirtieth. Okay. So I've got I've actually got till you know a whole nother month, but I yeah. really want the thing done. So um, maybe this weekend, since I'm not traveling, I'm finally home. There's <laughs> no no more trips scheduled. Good. So um, and I just got back from from Rhinebeck, which that will be our next episode. So you know we'll I'll be doing a lot of talking about Rhinebeck, but but I have to tell you what happened. Okay. Um, I had frequent flyer mile tickets. Okay, mm-hmm. fly out to Albany, you know, no problem. I did that like back in, you know, May, mm-hmm. I think, April or May, booked it on Delta, and um, you know, so no problem, you know, and and it's booked. There's no need to go back in and check your flights, right? Yeah. yeah. So until it's like time to check in, so I go and I check in, and I was supposed to leave at like 6 a.m. on Friday. And get into Albany around noon, which that was fine, going through Atlanta. And then coming back, I was coming back through Atlanta and getting back to Springfield around 9 or 9 p.m. Mm-hmm. No problem. Except I look at my flights now, and they're sending me to Minneapolis coming uh, back. Yeah. And, and it's because Northwest, like, got eaten by Delta. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. So... But it's still the Northwest hub in Minneapolis and everything. So I was actually on a, an old Northwest flight from Albany to Minneapolis and the Minneapolis to Springfield and not scheduled to get in until midnight. And I did not have an assigned seat on this flight. Mm-hmm. And it wouldn't let me check in online. So oh. I had to, like, go to the airport and, like, stand in line, you know, the old-fashioned way and, you know, to get a seat assignment and all of that and everything. And, and, you know, and there was nothing. I'm like, is there any way to get me back to Springfield sooner? Any way mm-hmm. at all. And they're like, Nope, sorry. <laughs> it's like if, and the deal with Atlanta was they changed the, the time of the flight. So if I, if they routed me back to Atlanta, mm-hmm. I would have had to spend the night in Atlanta. There was no way I was going to make the connection to Springfield. Right. So I was like, okay, fine. Aww. So I go to Minneapolis and I'm sitting there at like, my my two gates that the one I came in on and the one I was leaving out of could not have been farther apart. <laughs> they were on exactly I mean they were the farthest gates on each end of these concourses that were as far away from each other as they could be. And so I'm down in the black hole of this concourse and there's nobody there and there's except for this one girl who's sitting there and I finally figured out she was like the gate agent just sitting there waiting. And she's knitting. Oh, nice. <laughs> but, but she was new. Um, and so she had like the boy needles and this horrible cable and, you know, and so I was talking to her, I gave her, I told her about Ravelry, I told her about nitpicks, you know, Mm -hmm. like check out, you know, some of these things, this this will help you and, and everything. But anyway, so my flight gets in at midnight. It was actually a little bit, um, before that, but because it was, I don't understand it. I got through security fine with my carry-on, but when I got to the gate in Albany, they're like, it's too big, and Mm. they they weren't gate-checking it. They Uh, had to check it, check it, all the way, Springfield, which meant I had to wait for baggage claim. Which I hate doing. (laughs) So it's midnight, I'm waiting for my bag, you know, I'm standing there waiting. So it's like, by the time we get home and and I, you know, get to play with my new puppy, which I get a puppy! Mm. Um, I don't know if I've told everyone that yet, um, I can't yeah, remember. I don't think so. Time. I don't think you had anyway, him then. Um, so, and we'll talk about him some other time. Anyway, so 
you get home, it's like literally just crawl into bed and crash. Mm-hmm. And of course, the alarm goes off way too early in the morning. And Robert's like, you know, did you turn your alarm on? And I'm like, yes, I turned it on. And he's like, okay. The alarm, when you get to bed at 12.30, 1 o'clock in the morning, the alarm goes off way too soon anyway, right? Yes, of course. Okay, this morning, though, however, it really went off too soon. Because while I turned my alarm back on, I did not realize that Robert had not reset it. So it went off at 4 a.m., which was the time it was Uh set for me to catch my flight last Friday. Oh, nice, (laughs) nice, nice. And I'm so tired that I'm thinking cred this is really early and i'm not ready to wake up yet and i don't even look at the clock i'm just le- leaving the radio on trying to wake up mm-hmm. until he kind of wakes up and he looks at the clock he's like it's 4 a.m and i'm like oh man <laughs> you're like well i'm awake now <laughs> so i reset it but then it was like i had really been trying to kind of wake up and uh-huh. so it was hard for me to go back to sleep so i mean i don't know how i made it through work today because i'm just completely and utterly exhausted so this is gonna be a really fun episode <laughs> <laughs> she's gonna be a little slap happy folks i, I think. am definitely gonna be slap happy anyway so that was my that was my adventure of um getting back from ryan and we'll talk about everything that that went on there um but back to back to the knitting i i took um shawl that jazz with me mm-hmm. on my trip and i'm very close to getting that thing done. Good. Um, except I'm at about where there's about 400 stitches. Mm-hmm. So it's like every row is like takes you know, forever and eternity. But I'm almost out of yarn, and that's basically my, my goal was to just use up the yarn, and then I'm gonna block the snot out of it um, <laughs> and, to try and get it big enough. And you know, um, you know how like whenever you're first learning how to knit and they say never put your knitting down in the middle of a row. Like have these people ever knit something like that where you're doing like a triangular shawl because, you know, you end up with like five, five, six hundred stitches and you have to put it down in the middle. You can't just say, hang on, honey, I have to finish this row because, you know, you're never going to get there. (laughs) It's going to be 30 minutes. Yeah, exactly. Seriously. So anyway, I kind of think about that sometimes whenever I'm knitting in the round or whenever I'm knitting something really big, like there is no, you know, stopping, not stopping in the middle of the row or getting to the end of the row because it's all Well, fortunately same. with a garter stitch shawl, it really doesn't matter if I stop yeah. in the middle, you know, you just pull the needles, you know, out so their stitches aren't falling off and you just pick it up and you just keep plodding along. Um, and then my other project that I'm working on now is, is another knit along project, which is actually, I'm double dipping. Um, I'm doing Ishbel in Numa Numa. Um, yeah. So, and, and I just barely got started on it, but, um, there's a Numa Numa, um, lace knit along. And then the loopy use, um, fourth quarter challenge is a shawl and it has to be a yarn that you, you know, get at the loopy U and it's like, well, Numa Numa is, comes from the loopy U too. So, yeah. um, I get to count that. So, Good. um, those are, those are my whips. And then I've been kind of queuing some stuff lately. Yeah. I've uh, noticed that, uh, some, a lot of people have been queuing more than they've been knitting. I think it's that time of year, isn't it? When you're, I, I think it is. I'm 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 really eager to to do some shawls and then I've got some great sweater yarn that I want to be, you know, working on my sweaters and I need to get back into some socks and stuff and then um Krista, you know, um one of our knit together um Springfield girls, she knit 
like she she's doing Arwen with me and mm-hmm. it's also sucking the joy out of her life too Aww. and so she I forget what she, she was making a clap of tea for a co-worker who was paying her to make it you know so she had to get that done mm-hmm. so that's not really fun knitting no. at that point Mm-mm. you know and then um Arwen and then she had started Ishbel but she had to frog it and then she said she was going to start I think she went ahead and started Swallowtail, and so I chastised her a little bit. I'm like, no, you can't keep starting these projects I want to do <laughs> until I'm ready to start them. <laughs> it's like, you have to stop. So then she started and is like almost finished with another project that um, I'm just like, okay, I might seriously have to make them. Um, Phenomenon, have you have you uh-uh. seen those? Uh-uh. They're, they're like these cable opera gloves almost or mittens uh-huh. um and and it's basically just these like giant horseshoe cables and they're they're really really long although i will probably make mine shorter and then the palm of the mitten is um it almost looks the texture like my so-called scarf uh-huh it's kind of waffly so it's, I'm, it's a really cool texture and the way the horseshoe cable works it's like there's actually like a hole that like goes up under the cable like all the way up. So like under each cable, there's a hole that mm-hmm. you can put your finger in and then you can put your finger in the next one and all the way up. And, oh. and I put hers on. It's like, Oh, and you, it's like you could almost put like two little eyes on it, make it like a little snake. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, they're yeah. just, they were just way cool. So I did buy like actually the yarn it called for. Mm-hmm. Um, I was at webs. Cashmere. So, so, um, you know, I'm, I went ahead and added those to my queue and, you know, some other things to my queue based on some yarn that I bought or some yarn that I, you know, found again in my stash as I was organizing. And so, so that's, you know, I'm ready to just start my plans and, you know, try and find the time to just, you know, knit, knit, knit. And actually get some projects completed, huh? I know. I think I just sounded like Tim Gunn on Project Runway. <laughs> knit, knit, knit. Work, work. work. Make it work. Make it work. Well, I, on the other hand, have, um, I've been doing a lot of knitting, it seems, but, um, but you can't tell us. Yeah, but a lot of it's top secret knitting that I can't talk about right now, um, and some of it is beginning Christmas knit, but, um, alongside that, I have been doing a lot of queuing of things, and, um, some one thing that I had decided that I want to make for a friend of mine who's having a baby in January is, um, the Sophie by Isolde, what's her last name? Uh, Teague, is that her last name? And Isolde. Yeah, yeah. Isolde uh, Teague, I can never remember her last name. And she has like the little auto polar bear and then the little elephant guy. And then she has Sophie, which is such a cute little bunny rabbit. And so I um, have that in mind to, to get started. I got the pattern just the other day. And then I realized I don't have anything in my stash that's not um like superwash wool or um you know it, the cotton's not soft enough and stuff so i'm going right. to go get the right oh, thing for cute. that just pull it up yeah it's pretty neat and it looks kind of fun it looks like it would be fun to put together so my niece is having a baby they've been trying for like years so this is actually a happy baby for me oh yay so, so i i've queued some baby stuff too which if anyone's watching me they're like going, 
wait a minute, is this Tammy? And Tabitha and Linda would say that it was it's my evil twin. You know, it's like baby stuff. She's cute, baby stuff. But. You're adding the baby stuff. Well, and then I've been favoriting a lot of things too because I don't know when I go back and look at my queue, it's like I don't really want to start any of that stuff, you know. And so I don't know, I'm just kind of waiting. And um, I had this whole section of stuff to make for Christmas last year that I never got around to making, like some of the toys for the kids and things like that because they just ran out of time. So anyway, um, they're pretty fun projects, you know. So uh, I'm going to hopefully get to some of those this year and get them done. I'm going to make a lot of those little ornaments. And the other thing is that um, my we started the Learn to Knit group that I mentioned last last night and I'm not really getting any of my own knitting done because I've been spending all of my time and you know this too that when you're kind of like the leader of the group you end up never knitting on your own stuff just helping not that that's a problem or that I have any you know that I have a problem with it or anything I just feel like sometimes like I'm not getting anything accomplished ever so I don't know so hopefully I can knit something for myself just like one little thing and then I'll feel better <laughs> be like oh okay I finished something so yeah, it's, I know, it's it's like our, when we were kids and, and like at the at the dinner table, your eyes are bigger than your stomach. It's like yeah. your your hands are bigger than your, yeah. you know, your capability of, of knitting. And, you know, it's a clever way to say it. But, you know, it's getting to be that time of year where sitting down and knitting is, you know, far greater than whatever else you're going to do. So, um I don't know. So I'm I'm ready for that. I'm ready to pull out the wool and actually start knitting. And I have a sweater um, to make for myself um, and I, the global warming. And I just haven't, haven't really, I don't know, I just haven't made it a priority. And I think I should do that. I think I should maybe start that for myself. And it will be like the stockinette slog and, um, you know, just knitting and knitting and knitting and doing some basic decreases. But um, I really want to do that. And maybe have it so that I can wear it in this winter. So I might start now, that soon. And when I pulled up global warming, it, it's short sleeved. Mm -hmm. It's short sleeves. And it's got kind of like the puffy thing. It reminds me of Wicked. Yeah, it is. It's very similar to the Wicked, except for um, I think that it's this one's done in the round, and I think it's done from the waist up instead of from the top down, if I remember right. I'm not sure. I have to click on it again. It's like at the top of my queue, too. Oh, actually, it's yeah. not at the top anymore. Never mind. It's down here. <laughs> I'm like, oh, it's number four now. But I really like that idea of making it and wearing a long sleeve underneath it. So um, that seems like a really I good thing. I wanted to do it like a vest. Yeah. I And I thought I was a vest person, but um, I think I want to do the Mondo Cable Pulley. Mm -hmm. And it's actually... Um, I think you can do it either as a vest. The The picture on the pattern is a long sleeved. Um, sweater, but um, and it's actually done in a worsted. I was I was thinking. Okay, I'm gonna say something that um, may come out to be what a knitter will think is like sacrilegious. <laughs> um, I'm ready. So, I don't like Cascade 220. You don't? You don't like I mean, for wearability? It, no. Yeah. It's it's itchy. It pills. It's I just don't like it. You know, and I've got my um, Central Park hoodie that I made out of it. And, mm -hmm. I mean, it's okay, but I, I'm just, I'm not in love with it. And I have a sweater's worth um, in gray that I originally bought 
the intent of making Arwen mm-hmm. out of it because I thought, oh, you know, a gray Cardi would be, you know, ideal. So I was actually kind of thinking of taking that and doubling it and making like a bulky, you know, like vest with a big cable. But then I found the Mondo cable pulley pattern mm-hmm. and it's worsted. And it's like, well, I don't need to double it. So yeah. I may just end up giving away a lot of the, the gray yarn that I have because I just... Maybe you I don't should, like it. Maybe you should make like that really big, um, I saw in a magazine, I think it was Debbie Bliss's um, magazine for this month, or maybe it was the Interweave, I can't remember. I was just looking at it last night, and it's this. It's made out of a Tweety yarn, but I was just saying that if I was going to do this, I would do it in a darker color, but it's just this huge cabled bag. It's not really a messenger bag, but it's like a over the arm over the arm bag and it would be like really great for when you're traveling to have a really big bag like that and I know you're a purse person and so making one bag seems kind of I don't know but you know you'd get some cable practice it's a good use of the yarn you could give it away to somebody um and actually knit something that was kind of enjoyable to do so, I, could always, I, don't know. I could always do something felted but yeah I and and originally then after I decided not to do R went out of it. I thought, well, I, I would do like the Noro stripe sweater. Mm-hmm. But the more I look at that, I'm like, I don't want to make that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so so now I have like this extra, you know, like Noro Eero and Noro Yuzen that mm-hmm. um, I'm like, okay, I don't know what I'll make out of that. But I mean, I'll, I'll find something because it's Noro, even mm-hmm. though Noro is also itchy, itchy. You know, it's like, you know, that I think I could definitely like do something in felt that and make it kind of cool so i don't know i just i'm, I'm kind of thinking you know the ca- a gray cable vest just the one big cable the rest of it's just stocking it i think that's why i wanted to double it i wanted to do it like on you know size you know 11 or 13 <laughs> so to <cables>. go fast <laughs> you know so it's gonna go really really fast and use up all that yarn and stuff so i don't know we'll we'll see oh that's pretty actually yeah, it's really yeah. cute. It's just it's another stockinette slog except for the, the cable, cable on the front. Yeah, yeah. It's a nice V-neck. It's you know, which is actually kind of hard to find. Mm-hmm. I like the way the cable goes up into the V-neck. That's really mm-hmm. cool. I like yeah. that. Yeah. So, so cool. that's you know, there's there's just so many. We're we're probably gonna have to do an episode where we just kind of like go through and like clean out our queue and like. You know, that would actually probably be really good. We could go through our queue and it's like, what yarn do you have? What are you going to use for this? What are you thinking? Mm-hmm. And and then it's like, you know, be be kind of accountability partners for each other. It's like, are you really going to make that? Are you really going to do that? I know, because I have, you should see this one thing in here. And I know we're totally getting off on a tangent, but that's just because oh, we don't yeah. talk that much. But in my queue, um, I have a... I have some, and you should, maybe you could do this with your cascade. Okay, it's called the Puff Daddy by, <laughs> it, that's what it's called. And I guess it probably wouldn't be that great. And I'm going to send it to you on Google right now so you don't have to hunt for it. But there you go. Um, it is, and we ta- I think we talked about this the other day. It's just like this gigantic big oh giant my gosh. beanbag That's awesome. Thing. Isn't it neat? And they, some people said that they like stuffed it with, comforters like comforters that you're not going to use um or you can stuff it with you know you can stuff it with fabric or you can stuff it with whatever but the the big thing here was that they were stuffing it with um 
comforters and stuff and then it's just something you can put your feet up on or you can lay down on or put your head underneath when you're you know something for Jed to tear up I don't know <laughs> or uh, to, uh, to use as no a, I don't want to clean it up yeah but you know so right. may, so I'm adding it to my faves just so I don't lose it but it is kind of a neat thing don't you think I thought it would be great for the kids downstairs because they would they like to lay on furniture like kids do you know they don't yeah don't just sit on it. So I thought that might be kind of cool to make. And I put it in my queue. I probably should have put it in my favorites, but that's one thing where, like you said, it's like, are you really ever going to make that, you know? Yeah, so. I don't know. I mean, that's that's a cool idea, but uh, size 19 needles? I know. I'm like, <laughs> well, I don't even have size. I think I have most size of needles, and I don't have 19. I'm going to have to, I like, don't even have 15s. Um, well, no, I take that back. I have 15s in my Denise set. Um, and I have, that's as big as they go. I have 17s also, which would probably work, but you know, it's only, they use like a thousand yards, um, and of like a really big, um, a big gauge of wool, I think yeah. is what they use in it. And, um, well, yeah, but you know, what would be good is if you wanted to spin something like that, just, you know, if you wanted to spin something really thick, like when we were beginner spinners. And you know, make that, but I don't know. Probably better to do it in yeah, <laughs> do it in cotton so that you can wash it. Though is my thought on that. So anyway, that's a good idea about cleaning out our queue because I don't know if that bad boy is going to get made anytime soon. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think it would be so awkward to try and and use those large needles that you know that might be a little challenging. But yeah. Anyway, so that's that's an interesting thought. So since I can't really talk about anything that I'm actually knitting, I think that I could tell you, though, that um, we have been commissioned to review um, the 3AM Enchantment Bag. And it's a, it's a bag for carrying around your knitting projects and specifically your lace knitting projects, right? Yeah, this is this is actually the Emily bag. Um mm-hmm. I know, I know our listeners have heard me talk about um, Carrie before. Um, she's Kirana. Um, I'm not sure I'm saying that right. K-Y-R-A-N-A on Ravelry. And she um, has the 3, 3 a.m. enchantment bags. And she sells them through the Loopy U or she has her own Etsy shop. And um, this kind of came about because um, I'm in, that's the, the knit along for mm-hmm. the um, cabled sweater. And she knit twist, and she um, hates the seam. So she kind of put it out there, and she was like, hey, does anyone, you know, would anyone be willing to seam this for me in exchange for a bag or whatever? And I'm like, I'll be glad to do it. You know, that's that's fine. And I, I already had one of her Emily bags, and I've got a couple of her um, box bags, mm-hmm. you know, just little zipper box bags. I'm sorry, Jed, quit biting my toes. <laughs> Um, ah, puppies. <laughs> yeah, that's the problem. Having the podcasting office is in Jed's room now. So, <laughs> um, anyway, so since she just lives, you know, a few hours up the road um, here in Missouri, and she was coming down this way, she actually dropped it off at Chick Fil A with Ginger, and um, then I picked up the bag and and um, see me up her sweater. So she put the bag in for me that I got for seaming it but then when I called her she'd also put in 
now you hear Jed talking. <laughs> um, she had also put in two Emily lace bags for both me and Kate um, and asked if we would be willing to review them on the podcast. So um, we said sure. Yay. Um, I guess from from a descriptive standpoint, um, let, let me just describe it and then since I've had one before, let's get your impressions first. Okay. Um, so the, the basic premise of the Emily bag, it has a flat bottom and I would say it's probably, what, 10 or 12 inches tall. Mm-hmm. It's, it's big enough to hold a sweater and um, the bottom is typically like a solid color and then there's the pattern um, that's for the bag and then there's like a solid, um, like a two inch border around the top. Um, it's a drawstring bag and it's got grommets on both sides and it's intended to be like for your lace knitting so that when you knit lace, one of the problems is stitches falling off the needles and you completely have to frog it back and or you're, you're hosed. So you put your project in the bag and you take your needle, the needle tips and feed them through the grommets on opposite sides and then pull the drawstring closed. So your needles are actually hanging on the outside of the bag, your projects on the inside of the bag and it protects um, your project from, you know, being um, dumped and, mm-hmm. you know, or getting caught on something or, you know, anything that could happen. So yeah. um, really great idea, I think. Yeah, so definitely. Um, anyway, so what what did you think? You've, you've been using it for a while now. Yeah, I've been using it um, to hold a lot of my secret projects. And I do um, only say, I only put one project in it at a time and um, I carry that around and what I really was surprised at when I first opened it was how big it was I mean it's like you said you can actually carry around your sweater in it Um, you could probably put a magazine down in it that's how tall it is and um, you know just kind of curve around the shape of the bag yeah definitely your pattern so that's been nice because you put the yarn in there that you need put the pattern in there that you need um, and then put you know your project as you're working on it in the bag and carry it around happily carry it around um, I had a couple of small suggestions slash qualms with it and I mentioned one to you instantaneously yeah. um, is that the ribbon or whatever it's called that she used to um, to make the drawstring on it is it just happens to be something that I cannot stand the feeling of closing and opening like running that little what do you call um, the little cap that you push in the button and pull it I don't know what it's called but I don't know what it's called either but okay I, yeah it's, <laughs> yeah, it's you, like you squeeze it and then you pull the drawstring out and then you release it and it keeps it yeah exactly so whatever that is a little plastic piece and it slides gently across it and it's ribbed just enough to where it's like nails on a chalkboard to me it just drives me nuts so I never close it and it also bothers me to hold it and so um my suggestion is something different for that for me at least I don't know if it would bother anybody else the way it bothers me but it did and um that doesn't bother me so much as far as like the sliding but but I I am with you on um there, there's really no handle right and so I mean she's got the ends knotted so you can like loop that around your wrist but it's it's not really sturdy it really is just a ribbon so I think if she would um, substitute and put a cord mm-hmm. some type 
you know, maybe a leather yeah. cord or, or some other type of cording that would be, a, um, you know, a little bit smoother and sturdier. Um, I, I think that that could be good. Yeah. Now, I know I'm trying to remember, and I don't have my bag with me because I left it in the other room because um, I've got a couple different bags and, and I think we've got different closures on mm -hmm. oh. this one. I think she was testing out a new closure. Mm -hmm. So I think it's different from the other ones that I have because oh. cause there's one where it's like you only push in on one end and then there's another one where you push in on two ends. Mm -hmm. And that's the one I like is where you have to push in on two. Yeah. Ours is just one. And so, okay. Um, you put yeah, and that's kind of awkward too because it, you don't get it's a very more like a button kind of yeah, you don't get much of a grip on both ends. You know, uh, you're you're squeezing both of them anyway. So I like right. the two instead of the one. But um, what, what I really love the pattern, like the the little it's ours are sheep and daisies, and it's a dark color, which is really nice. Um, the lighter color that she chose for the bottom is great, other than the fact that it does get dirty, because um, one great thing about the bag is that it stands up on its own. So you can kind of yeah. like, you can like bunch it up and throw it in your purse, and then you can take it out and set it on the floor, which is what I do, because the yarn naturally comes up as you're knitting, and um, set it at your feet. Mine's usually in the floor of the car. Yeah, floor of the car. So, again, I like having the darker bottoms. Yes. So, I mean, I know that with ours, you kind of already, it's a contrast. So it's probably depending on what pattern you're going to get. But um, it's made out of a, a really thick canvasy type um, fabric. So it's strong and sturdy, and I'm sure that it's washable. So that might not be as big a deal as we think it is. So Yeah. And, and one of the things, I mean, I've had some other bags that, you know, people have made and I've even tried to make my own and, and everything. Um, and I am not a seamstress. Um, her, I, I do have to like, you know, 100% endorse her workmanship. Yes. It's very I'm, good. She, her attention to detail is just fabulous. And, um, she's got a really great eye for the colors and, and everything too. And the patterns that she finds and she comes up with these, you know, really clever um, fabrics and, and everything that's just, you know, way, way cool. Um, she does have, um, a, it's, you, you buy the individual pieces, but, but you think of it in terms of a set. Mm -hmm. So the, the Emily lace bag is, is the largest one. And then there's the box bag, the regular size and box bag regular sized box bag and um, then there's a mini box bag which is great for a sock project and then she's also got like a key fob kind of um, it's like a little wrist strap and she'll put the matching fabric on that and um, it's really good to um, put oh like your cutter um, like the little hole in the lid of your chibi oh, yeah um, yeah mm -hmm. it'll you know, so you can get the key rings and you can keep everything like together. Oh, and she also has like a notions pouch oh, nice. um, that, that she makes. So there's, I guess there's five pieces if you wanted to get the whole set. Um, one of the things that um, I would, I would caution people, if you see a fabric that you like, um, you know, and, and you want one, get a thin because it's sometimes like the fabric we got has been discontinued. Oh, so, so yeah, there, you kind of need to get it, huh? 
Yeah, there's no more navy blue field of sheep. Although there is still the the wrist tag is out um, on her Etsy site because I'm out here looking at it now. But she's got one like with a coffee theme. She's got um, like an '80s shirt, which is kind of fun. Um, That's neat. It's it's yeah, it's just you know and some other sheepy fabrics. Um, Jed, <laughs> sorry. Um, you know, so. Um, my goodness. Oh, yeah. I was you should have gone downstairs with Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, I think that, um, you know, what I really like about it is, like you said, the attention to detail. It is very, um, you know, it's very cute. It's very functional. And I really do like it. Um, I see that she has another Emily Lace bag that has, like, the the blue sheep one. Um that the bottom of it is darker and I like that but my only suggestion is you know if I were going to pay um, the the cost of it which she sells these for $45 and I, I think you're getting your money's worth I think that 45 for me is a tiny bit high and that I would prefer something more like $35 because I can justify that a lot easier than $45. But yeah. I know that the fabrics are... The, and the Emily bag is the most expensive mm -hmm. um, one of the sets. The only thing I would um, suggest, I, and I will let Carrie know um, once the podcast goes up that, you know, we have done our, our review. And, and she did. She's like, be honest. Tell me what you think. <laughs> tell me what you want. Um, I took my box bag with me um, on the plane to Rhinebeck and was knitting on Shawlette Jazz out of it. And it has... The Grogan, gross, not Rogaine, Gro, Gro, I can't say it. It looks like gross grain, but it's Grograin ribbon as the strap. And so it's like a wider, so even though it is still a ribbon, it's that heavy duty ribbon, uh -huh. you know, but it also has like just a little loop, another little loop of the ribbon. And I would like to see her add that at the top um, of the Emily bag where the um, the top border meets the pattern fabric mm -hmm. and have that little extra loop there because what I ended up doing um, with my box bag because I didn't want to leave set that on the airplane floor because of you know turbulence it's going to you know slide around get kicked around I can't control it mm -hmm. on where it is so I had um, a carabiner uh -huh. which it just slid perfectly through that little loop and then I could I took um, where it wasn't hooked, but just the hook part and hooked it into the seat back, the pouch in, uh -huh. of the seat back in front of me. And it held it perfectly there at just the right height for me to knit from. Oh. So I would like to see a way to, for her to add that little loop to put, um, you know, a hook in or something, you know, that where I could hold it up. Right. And, 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 hang, and hang it on something, you know, in addition to having maybe a little bit better cord or something that would be like a strap to carry it with. Yeah. And, but again, everything, the whole thing is really lovely. I think that she did a great job. I'm so happy now that I have one because I have been keeping my stuff in it, um, keeping it by the couch and it makes it easier not to have to have that stuff in my purse. And then I just put it in my purse and take it with me. It is a bit big for my purse, but you know, if I'm going to run into the store and I know that I'm not going to like be knitting while I'm pushing a grocery cart around, then I just take it out and leave it in the car. But at least yeah. I still have it. So it's you it does know. fit quite nicely in the Namaste Hermosa, <laughs> <laughs> it's which is the biggest Namaste bag they've got. Wow. 
Well, um, so anyway, um, that is, I think, a pretty good, hopefully it's a good review and gives her a, um, you know, gives her a good idea of, you know, what we think about it and some ideas of what she can do differently. Um, if anything, I mean, I think it's a great bag just like it is. There were just a few things that you and I were like, um, well, if, you know, this, I would wish, you know, I wish that it would have this thing here. I wish it would have that, you know. So, well, and I think had had we actually bought these, and, and like, like I said, this was completely unsolicited. She asked us to do this. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, any, any criticism is, you know, because she's asked for, you know, our thoughts and suggestions. But um, I do want to say, you know, Carrie, thank you so much, you know, for the opportunity. And we love them. And, you know, we will use them all the time. Yes. Um, you know, and, and I actually got another one for, you know, seaming the sweater. So and then I had one in the thought club. So I actually have three of them now. And, and, you know, it's just a matter of, you know, which fabric I'm in the mood for. Nice. <laughs> Gotta like that, huh? Well, yeah, so, I, so, I too well. want to say thank you to Carrie for these. And I'm definitely going to put mine into good use. And I'm just not closing the bag right now because <laughs> it just, it, it, it bothers me, but it's just a me thing, I think. It doesn't bother anybody yeah. else. So. Um, anyway, well, I think that we would love to get on with the rest of our program here and talk yep. a little bit about be another long one. Yeah, it's going to be a pretty pretty good long one. Um, so we'll go ahead and um, start our crochet segment. If you will stay with us, and we'll be right back. Okay, okay. Um, to the topic at hand. We have been known to poke some good-natured fun at our crocheting friends, and while knitting is the craft we're passionate about, and, you know, we are not changing this podcast to talk about, you know, all of the other stuff. Um, we just, you know, want to bring it in. We just don't want to completely discount this other fiber art. <laughs> yes, uh, that is so true. And we thought we would just take one of our podcasts to talk a little bit about crochet from a very novice perspective um, and then bring someone in who's actually accomplished quite a bit of projects in that area. So yeah, because Kate and I, we, we, we do not claim to be crocheters. No. Um, you know, we're, we're not the experts. We, you know, but we thought it might be helpful to hear. It's like, this is what, you know, people who don't really understand the difference think about it. Yes, definitely. And so um, we had set up a couple of little bullet points that we want, that we were trying to talk about because we didn't know very much about it either. And, um, and so the more we got talking, the more we realized that there was a lot about crocheting that's, that's different and there's a lot that's similar to knitting. And so um, the first thing we were going to talk about is how crocheting differs from knitting. And this will be good for people who, um, who, I don't know, maybe if there's crocheters who listen to this and they've always wanted to knit, but also if you're interested in actually learning how to crochet. So, yeah. So, so you've got one hook versus two or more needles if you're using DPNs, which is pretty scary yeah. for a lot of crocheters to see somebody with DPNs. So, <laughs> yeah. 
um, there's only one stitch on the hook at a time. Mm-hmm. That's that's one thing I it, until I really started knitting it that didn't really register with me. So right. Um, and you know that's then then you only have one stitch to drop. Right. <laughs> and it seems to me that you're knitting um like when you or sorry that you're crocheting um in a line that goes horizontal constantly. You're just doing one horizontal line at a time. And with knitting, you're actually doing a vertical line. Um, I mean, you're doing horizontal and vertical at the same time because you're taking right. those stitches up the top, which to me makes a more open fabric and it's not quite as stiff as when you crochet things. Yeah, I mean, to me, I, I mean, there there are some really lacy, open, airy, crocheted mm -hmm. um, things, but I th think as a general rule, it's probably going to be a little bit um, stiffer. Yeah. So, um, crocheting may be um, faster than knitting because the stitches can be taller. Because hmm, you can do like the double crochet or the um, treble crochet, uh -huh. um, which I learned how to say that from watching a nitty gritty episode with Lily Chen. <laughs> so, um, the other thing I, I kind of thought I came up with, and, and maybe, maybe this is, um, you know, true. Maybe it's not, but it seems like there's only really one way to crochet right. versus as knitters, we can be, you know, English or throwing or, you know, continental and picking, or there's the Portuguese, um, you know, knitting or the, the lever knitting. Um, yeah. Now, there is something called Tunisian crochet, and I'm not sure. I, we really just don't know anything about that, <laughs> so we've heard of it. So, yes. you know, I don't know if that's a different method or, or just a style. Yeah, and I have and I have noticed though that people who have been crocheters, um, they don't have a they don't have a hard time learning how to knit continental because the way they usually hold the yarn is toward the left hand side. You know, they usually hold it in their left hand because they're using the needle with the right hand, which is why right. they sometimes think that um, knitting is going to be more difficult because there's two needles versus one needle. But that's not exactly true because um, it's just different. So, And that's why a lot of people who crochet first, they tend to knit continental. Right, exactly. Because that's how they use the holding the yarn. Yes, exactly. So that would be an easy conversion for any of our crocheters who are wanting to learn how to knit. Um, yeah. And it seems like the crochet tools are less expensive. And not just the hooks, but it doesn't seem like you need, um, I mean, I'm sure you need a tapestry needle um, to weave in your ends. But it doesn't seem like you have to buy as many stitch markers. And maybe it's just that I don't know that much about crochet. But I've never seen anyone, you know... Um, knitting or crocheting uh, a lace doily and you know having a whole bunch of stitch markers in their work they just don't have they just don't need them so maybe there's a little it's a little less expensive of a hobby I don't know and I'm thinking that you don't need as many hooks because you, you do just have the one stitch so you could throw you know like a locking marker on it to save it and then go take your hook if you needed that same size mm -hmm. you know somewhere else versus we'd either have to you know like have the interchangeable needles and put the tabs on the end on the cable to hold our stitches right because we've got so many stitches you know live at one time right exactly that you're working on a lot more stitches in the time so um yeah you know and um but then again crocheting does use more yarn than knitting does from what i've heard it's 
that it requires a lot more yarn because of the way that you're doing your stitches. They're all um, laying flat whenever you're knitting. Uh, you know, I keep saying whenever you're knitting. That's just my... I know. We're not used to it. I'm not used to it. Sorry about that, guys. I mean crocheting. When you're crocheting, that the um, the stitches, it takes more yarn to go around to make the same height of fabric as it would if you were knitting with the same, you know, millimeter approximate gauge. So I think right. You know, I agree. And the biggest thing that I've noticed that is a difference between knitters and crocheters is that um, I have yet to meet very many crocheters in my lifetime. I'm thinking Esther may be the only crocheter that I know who can um, read a crochet pattern and or knit, uh, I mean crochet, um, <laughs> three-dimensional objects. I don't see, it seems like they... Um, just learn from from their grandma or learn from a friend um, and they can go in a circle or they can go in a straight line um, and that's I, about it you know everything else is you know there's no big patterns or books or anything I just see that as so whenever knitters are, or crocheters are learning to knit I try to explain to them here's how you read a pattern you know once you learn the knit and purl stitch that's pretty much all there is it's just a variation of those um, throughout the rest of it and you can now, I did actually see, um, I think it was on an episode of Knitting Daily, and I looked at their um, website afterwards because I was, like, fascinated by it. Um, there are crocheted um, charts for patterns, right. but <coughs> they look like hieroglyphics. I mean, <laughs> you know, ours are basically graph paper with little, you know, X's and the marks for SSK and the K2 togs and yarn overs and regular stitches and pearls and, you know, knits and everything. And theirs, it's like it, like the one I saw, it like starts in the center. So it's a circle with like little lines going out from each one. And hmm. then, you know, some little half lines and nothing's connected. And I'm like going, are you kidding me? And, you know, I showed Esther and she goes, oh yeah, you do this, this, this. I'm like going, okay, this is insane yeah. so i gotta give them some props for having some really challenging charts that they can read yeah the complicated stuff so so, so what those are the differences did we come up with anything <laughs> that the same we were really generic in this area we're we like were. you use yarn um we <laughs> love yarn we love fiber you know that's that's going to be a big tie that binds yeah there, definitely so. although t most people who crochet and i'm using again very generic here most people that i know who crochet um they don't necessarily seek out the more expensive yarns i don't see anybody crocheting with malabrigo i don't see anybody crocheting with um, Numa Numa or even Cascade 220, which isn't, you know, that high end of a yarn as we were just talking about, um, that they're mostly using acrylics and they don't really know that much about the, the content of the fiber that they're using or why they're using it. And they, it's yeah. just, you know, they're just got some yarn. And maybe and, that's just our experience, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, again, we're not making any judgments. I'm sure no. there's some people, crocheters out there who, you know, are well up on and well versed on the different you know, yarns and things that are out there so. or maybe that's why knitting is so much more popular um now than crocheting is that there's more knitting projects on Ravelry than there are on uh, crochet projects because of you know the common bind of using these different yarns and stuff I don't know so yeah well and of course you can crochet you know garments, um, although I'm still skeptical about crocheted socks, um, <laughs> or items for the home, you know, so I mean, the, 
the types of projects are are mostly the same. Although I think you know you mentioned making the three dimensional like the animals and stuff. It's probably easier with crochet than it is with knitting. Yeah. Um, you know, and then they both use you know either the written instructions or or the charts. Yeah. But but I think there's a you know as knitters we should know the basics of crochet. Yeah, definitely because um you know. A lot of people who have learned to pick up their drop stitches start with a crochet hook, right? They grab a crochet hook, and you got to have one of those in your arsenal of knitting things, and you know, scoop up the scoop up the drop stitch and crochet it back up. Basically, is what you're doing, you know. Yeah. Um, And you can use it to, um, if you don't like to seam, you mm -hmm. can crochet like Afghan squares together. Yes. You know, and and make some really cool, you know edgings on blankets or sweaters I, I did a crocheted like a shell border um on my sweater of doom um mm. that was crocheted so you know i i i tried and i'm getting um, getting ready to learn a little more crochet because i'm uh test knitting a pattern and um for the website petite pearls i don't know if you've seen that site or not but <laughs> since you're queuing baby items you might want to mosey on over there um check that out yeah and uh and it has a some sort of weird crocheted edge, so I'm gonna have to learn that. Hopefully, somebody can show me, but we'll see. Um, yeah. so, so, are there any crochet patterns like right now that you would consider making? Well, I have indeed asked people to help me make the origami chihuahua. That is all. <laughs> <laughs> because how I, did I know that was coming? I know. I totally want to make a little set, one that's a Lucy and one that's a Barley, and you know, have them for my desk or you know or whatever, but I think that that's a really cute thing. I do like uh, Crafty Aliens um, crocheted patterns, too. She's starting to put some, she has a lot of knitting patterns, but she's starting to put crocheted patterns out there, too, so I'm thinking I like those. So what about well, you? Sherry of the Loopy U, someone had made her a little crocheted loopy that um, the pattern's not available yet, but I would totally make it because um, it was just too stinking cute. And then I actually did make um, a crocheted stash basket, mm-hmm. and it's in my it's in my um, projects, but I think I called it um, like secret stash basket or something, and and because I was going to name it like Shh, it's mm-hmm. crochet. <laughs> Like, don't tell me when I crocheted something. Um, and then Esther made this really cute bag um, that was really cool, really cool. And I think there was a bag you liked as well. Yeah, I think uh, I saw a couple of crocheted bags, too. And I've seen some neat little crocheted, you know, obviously dishcloths, not to be, you know, completely. Oh, the, the, magic, the magic square hot pad or or pot holder mm-hmm. okay it's really cool it's like the grandmother's favorite dish cloth of crochet crochet but it's like you start you start with the square and then like it it comes back on itself so it makes it a double thickness and then you only have to seam up the diagonal and it makes it like the square for a pot holder ah neat that's a good idea so, no. yeah i i really do want to make one of those and try it i was watching esther make one um for her class, um, she was going to teach some classes at Simply Fibers. Um, right. The Nordstrom Crochet Hobo Bag was another one you'd mentioned, and and mm-hmm. everything. And um, we are trying to. Um, we know this is running long, and we need to get this kind of wrapped up. So, um, 
a couple of other things, the knitters versus the crocheters, you know, of course we've got our tagline, mm-hmm. you know, knit together because if you're alone, you might as well just crochet. <laughs> um, there's the Wooly Bullies YouTube video that is still funny every time we watch it and we'll, yeah. we'll link to that. And then um, there was also a conversation that the yarn harlot had uh, back in August 27th of 2008 and she was on the bus knitting a sock with her DPNs and she said that, you know, this lady and her son was um, on the bus and the boy was watching and then he asked his mom, what's she doing? And and she goes, the mom looks at, at, at me and turns to him and says quite confidently, she's crocheting. <laughs> I smile at the pair of them and then I say to the little boy, actually, it's knitting. And then the mom looks at me, works her eyebrow up and says in a haughty and reproachful voice, excuse me, I think I know the difference. Wow. <laughs> That was just one of the funniest things ever. So we'll link to that so you can read the whole blog post on that. But um, I actually had a lady on on the plane last night as we were getting off um, in Minneapolis. And she had like the pink and green zigzaggy lap blanket, you Mm -hmm. know, on her lap and everything and stuff. So she asked me, she was like, what are you making? I'm like, it's a shawl. And she's like, oh, my grandma knit this blanket for me. And, and I, you know, and she's like holding it out to me to touch. And it's like, okay, it actually was nice wool. Uh I was expecting red heart Uh acrylic. It was actually a very nice wool, and, and she said it was probably 50 years old. So it's held up really good. I'm like, I go, well, actually I said, um, pretty sure this is crochet. And she's like, really? Mm-hmm. She goes, I always thought it was knitting. I'm like, well, I said, she goes, how can you tell? I said, well, the stitches are a little bit different, you know, and everything. And But anyway, it was just, it was so typical of, you know, what we picture the crocheted Afghans. They're either that, that chevron wavy or they're the, like the zigzag, you know, points or they're granny squares. And, you know, so, um, Anyway, that's kind of our our thoughts on crochet. So um, we're we're also going to play an interview with a couple of coworkers of mine who are real crocheters. So we'll we'll get some um, extra information from them, and and uh, we hope you, that you enjoy that. Yes. So stay tuned, and we'll have those interviews with you right after this. What for? Because we're going to talk. Enjoy. So, okay, we are back with Esther. Hello. Hello. Esther is my expert crocheter. Um, And, you know, she's scary enough that if I make fun of crochet too much um, that I know when to stop, right? Yeah, (laughs) sure. Um, Actually, Esther is, um, I don't think you've had a class yet, but you're going to be teaching um, some crochet classes, beginning Mm -hmm. crochet at Simply Fibers here in town. And so when's your next one for that? The last the last Saturday in October, not counting Halloween, so it's the 24th. 24th okay. Okay, so um, I think that information is on Carol's website if um, you want to check that out. We'll put a link there. So, all right. Kate and I have spent the last 30, 45 minutes talking about crochet like we know what we're talking about but we all know that we really don't um, you know we, we make fun of crocheters and we do it in in love and you know so um, we wanted to talk to someone who actually knows about crochet so first of all how long have you been crocheting oh goodness um, 20 23 years 23 years and, and what got you started and interested in it? Um, I saw somebody doing it and um, was curious on how she was turning yarn into fabric. 
Um, I had never been around anybody who'd ever knit or crocheted, and that was the first person that I got to sit, and she was a missionary, um, home on furlough, and they were visiting at her house, and she was making a baby blanket, and I was curious, and she said, here, have the hook, have some yarn, this is the beginnings, go at it. And, and what was your first project? I tried to make, because I was very young, I tried to make a doll blanket. It looks more like a cape. <laughs> I still have it, but yeah, it was a doll blanket. And obviously the tension changed as I crocheted. So was it just the tension, or were you missing like that first stitch like I did when I was... But that, it was like, mostly the tension wow. and, and a few places where I thought I needed to put two instead of one. Mm. Sure. Well, we do that as knitters. So, you know, it's like just to, just to make it work out. But see, did everybody hear? She still has it. We always say, don't, you know, throw away right. your first project. You want to see how you've improved. So now, um, Esther's brought in um, before, and, and I've seen some of her recent work. And I mean, okay, I can't even, they're like, you know, would be negative numbered um, <laughs> size knitting needles. But, um, you, you work with a really fine thread I work, versus yarn. I work with thread. I don't work a whole lot with the really fine threads. I actually work with some of the what they consider the coarser threads or the thicker threads, um, which is a which 10. is still like dental floss, <laughs> you know, or smaller. It's pretty it's, small. It's pretty small, and and turn and she turns into these beautiful tablecloths and um, table runners, runners and that doors. sort of thing. So. Yeah, we need to get some, some pictures so we can put in our Flickr group. Of, I can get you some of those. That would be good. <laughs> We'd appreciate that. So what is your advice um, to someone who is wanting to learn how to crochet? You know, why, why do we as knitters need to know how to crochet? Oh, because you can embellish knitting with crochet. Um, a lot of times you'll see sweaters that'll be all stockinette and then the bottom half will be a lace pattern. Sometimes those lace patterns are knit, but a lot of times they're crocheted. You can get um, different variables and some very interesting fabric if you can combine the two. And, and in honor of this, I'm actually wearing my sweater of doom where I crocheted the neckline, a little tr um, shell um, border around the neckline, which I had to rip out like six times because I made it close up the neckline so much that I couldn't get my head through it. Um, but okay, so we can we can um, be knitters and still have a purpose for crochet. But explain to me, please, what is the purpose of a granny square? Really, probably practice. It's easy, quick. It's kind of like the dishcloth of crochet. It's something that's quick, easy, and you can see you've accomplished something. I've done something. Okay. Beyond that, little ladies wrapped in afghans. That's Really, <laughs> I mean, they it's surprisingly warm, and yeah. I've made my share back when I was very young of crocheted granny squared afghans for lap quilts or whatever you want to call them. I think that I think that really is why the crocheters get a bad rap in the knitting community, is because of the granny square, yeah. It's overused that and the um that and the little zigzag. flowers and oh, the flowers the little yeah. flowers oh yeah i mean yeah. They, nothing says tacky like a crocheted floral toilet paper cozy oh uh, yeah some of the special but there are some special knit projects out there too there are and we we actually did an episode of what not to knit 
yeah. with, with some, re- and, and we'll probably do a, a repeat of that because we've got some really other um, not so pretty patterns to share with everyone yeah, to, to laugh at. There's special so, things, yes. Anyway. But. Okay, so um, you've heard from our expert crocheter. If you have any questions about crochet, I'm sure we can um, get her to answer. Um, you know, just send them to us through our contact page on the website, and we'll pass them on and, and maybe get some email responses, and, and we'll send those back from um, our Knit Together email address. But Esther, thank you for talking with me. Thank you for having me. <laughs> she was very shy. <laughs> but anyway, she's she's also learning how to um, knit cables now, so I'm very, very proud. So we'll be back at you in a few. Okay, we're recording. This is Tammy, and I am at um, what you may not know of as a third Knit Together group, which is my little group at work at lunch, because that's about the only time I actually get to knit, because um, when I'm knitting at Knit Together on Thursday nights, I tend to be helping people. So um, there are five of us in here. We have Stephanie, Esther, Jerry, Rhonda, and myself, and um, three of the five would... Um, claim to be both crocheters and knitters so since we are um, having our little crochet episode I thought I would talk to a couple of people who actually know what they're talking about when it comes to crochet so I want to talk briefly with Rhonda um, because Rhonda um, she is this is pretty cool she crochets a lot but not for herself you want to say hi Rhonda hi (laughs) okay so she makes sweaters for um, a, a group. Then tell us a little bit about the group that um, where you send these off to. This is for Guidepost Magazine. It's called Knit for Kids, and we knit or crochet sweaters for refugee children. And they can be throughout the world or here in the United States. And, which is very cool, and it's a very simple pattern. It, um, I, I finally saw like a whole piece of one <laughs> other than just your start um, a week or so ago and it kind of it just kind of looks like a T like yes. with a fat base and then um, they get seamed at the side and um, Rhonda said something earlier that um, I told her I said I just do not understand she said I'm coming to the end of my stash and I just have no idea of what this concept means but um, we tend to take our some of our leftovers or yarn or or yarn that we bought that we decided that we don't want in our stashes anymore and Rhonda just whips them out into these sweaters and puts together the most interesting color combinations that are so cool I mean she really has a great eye for color Um, and so Rhonda how long does it take you to make one of these sweaters? Um, I work on it a lot I can get one done in probably three or four days. So pretty quick. And what size hook are you using? Uh, Right now I'm using an eye. An eye. So is that pretty standard then for the sizes that you make, or do you adjust it for the yarn? Um, No, I just use that because I want to make them as small as I can so I can use up the least amount of yarn. Okay. And then um, how do you get them to um, the group? If if I remember right, you, you do several and then send off a box? Yes, I usually send about 
10 or 12 in a box and you have to mail them to the Guidepost magazine in New York. Okay. And Guidepost, um, it is a um, Christian organization, so um, we like to support those. So um, we'll put a link to that on our website if anyone um, wants to use up some of their stash. Or um, if you have a stash that you want to send to us, um, we'll be happy to pass it on to Rhonda, and she'll be um, happy to just keep whipping out these sweaters. So thank you for talking to us. You're welcome. You know, it's so easy to laugh at that story that Stephanie Pearl McPhee told about the lady that was certain knitting was actually crochet. But do we always know the difference? Of course, if we see a crafter with a hook instead of needles, we know right off. But what about looking at that actual finished fabric? I think as beginner knitters, we might not have recognized the stitches, where now as more experienced knitters, we immediately know if it's stockinette or garter stitch. But can we always tell if it's garter stitch rather than reverse stockinette? Can we tell the difference between moss stitch and seed stitch? Maybe some of us can, and the others will eventually as we grow in our knowledge. There's a correlation here that we need not miss. A lot of people call themselves Christians these days, and sadly, they're not. I'm not trying to judge anyone's heart. That's God's job. But I think that the common definition of the word Christian has been watered down by the media, politicians, and celebrities so much that some people believe they're Christians without knowing what that really means. I think as true Christians, we need to differentiate ourselves by not claiming the label of Christian so much without also defining it as being a believer and follower of the teachings of Jesus Christ as established in the Holy Bible. For example, If you ask a Mormon if she's a Christian, without hesitating, she'll say, yes, absolutely, and she'd be sadly deceived. Many who participate in other Protestant denominations may claim to be a Christian because of their history with the church, but they've not yet come to a personal saving knowledge of Jesus. We need to know what we believe and why. In 1 Peter 3, 15-17, Peter writes, But in your hearts set apart Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for your for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience so that those who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. We need to be ready to give an answer so that when the time comes, we won't be caught off guard. Turkish delight. Turkish delight.